This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Ah, young love, puppy love. It's what so many pop songs are made of. And it's sad to think that really that young love can have a real dark part to it all. There is violence in young love, and it's hard to believe, but it's so important to maybe recognize those signs and get the help that those young victims need. That is really the subject of a a study led by the University of Calgary looking into the cycle of domestic violence and how it can start in those early teen years. Danira Exner-Cortens is Assistant Professor, Faculty of Social Work at the University of Calgary. She joins us today. Hello, Danira. Hi, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. Now, I just kind of gave an overview, but you tell me what your study was really looking at when it came to violence in teen dating. Sure. Um, So based on other work that we've done for the past seven years, we were really interested in understanding the association between, as you mentioned, experiencing violence in adolescent romantic relationships and going on to again experience violence in young adulthood and adulthood. And so that's what our study focused on, looking at those associations um, by using a group of adolescents who were really well matched on their risk history so that we could be more confident that the associations that we were looking at were the result of adolescent dating victimization and not something else. Well, then how do you go about finding out if what they experienced as adolescents meant that they would experience violence in adult years? Mm-hmm. So when they're in adolescence, we uh, can ask them about the dating violence that they've experienced. And then again, in this study, they were followed up with five years later and then 12 years later. And we can predict um, from the violence they experienced in adolescence, we can predict whether or not they went on to experience violence five and 12 years later. Daniela, how do you define dating violence? Sure. So dating violence is defined as the use of physically violent or aggressive actions um, like pushing and shoving or hitting, um, psychologically aggressive actions like threatening somebody with violence um, or making them feel unsafe in a lot of different ways, uh, sexually aggressive actions, as well as stalking. All of those things count as adolescent dating violence. And I'm glad you pointed that out because sometimes people just think violence. Well, my my young daughter or my young son, they have never been hit in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But you don't understand what is happening at a psychological level. Absolutely. And we know um, from this work and other work that I've done that psychological dating violence is also associated with poor long-term health and well-being. So it's really important to think about that as well when we're thinking about dating violence. It's, it's kind of sad that we even have to talk about this because, as I said off the top, supposedly that first crush is so important. And I'm sure parents listening are saying, wait, my, my son or my daughter, they've got a little crush on their high school sweetheart. How do you recognize that there might be something more to it than, than just that young love? Sure. So first, it's great um, that the parent is taking an active interest in their child's dating life. I think for a long time, as you say, we sort of thought adolescent romantic relationships were fleeting or not that important, but more and more evidence has accumulated over the past several decades showing how important those romantic relationships are for future development. 
So if a parent is worried about their child, they should talk openly and really let the child know you're concerned about their safety and then make a plan together. Um, If your child tells you that they feel unsafe in terms of what other resources you might want to access. Wow, it must be a fine line, though, because I would worry as a parent the way I'm bringing something up that a daughter or a son could say, well, you just you don't like that girl. You don't like that guy. And you're almost pushing them closer together. Do you know what I mean? This um, hopefully is part of an ongoing conversation in your house about the relationships that your son or daughter has, both with peers and romantic partners, and really asking them how they feel in those relationships. Do they feel safe? Do they feel they can trust the other person? Do they feel respected? So it's not about the other person. It's really about how they feel in that relationship. And if they don't feel safe or respected or like they can trust that other person, then that's a good time to talk a little bit more about why they're feeling the way they are. I wonder how important it is to recognize, as you say, some of those signs, because I know, and here's a crazy concept, but when cell phones first came out, I remember a concern was that boyfriends were giving their girlfriends their own cell phone, but there was an underlying, almost a control there, wanting to know where the girl was and always being um, accessible. Would that be something, a red flag that parents should look for? It can be, again, depending on how that adolescent is feeling. And so it's really good, again, just to talk to them about what's going on and why you as a parent might have some concerns. Again, that doesn't have to do necessarily with that other partner, but how that person is being treated in the relationship. And we know since these are first romantic experiences, teens might not know what to expect. And so it's really great to talk to them early and often. Dating can start as early as 10 or 11 about what a healthy relationship looks like, Um, and feels like and that you really want them to come talk to you if they ever feel like it's outside of those boundaries. Here's a tough one though. What if I as the parent, uh, I'm not in a great relationship? Mm -hmm. And and I'm just wondering how much modeling the the daughter or the son is seeing and they're just thinking, well, that's the way mom and dad treat each other. This is the way my boyfriend should treat me. And we know that that can certainly happen. We're learning from all kinds of sources about what healthy relationships look like. Um, And so hopefully another thing that we work on is doing healthy relationships education through the school as part of health education so that all adolescents can learn what healthy relationships can feel like and sound like. And if they're not seeing that at home, that there's a safe space to talk about that. Um, Calgary Women's Emergency Shelter also offers a great healthy relationships program for adolescents who may have seen conflict within their home environment where they can go and really process that and think about what they want their own relationships to look like. When you were talking with uh, the the kids who were involved in this and then talking to them five years later and so on, I'm wondering what kind of stories you were hearing from the group especially that was experiencing some type of violence. Any particular themes that you saw? So in this study, we were using data that was already collected, so Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to these kids. Um, But in other work we've done with um, adolescents, I do see that... Just as I said before, because these are new contexts and new relationships, 
they're not always sure what is healthy behavior and what's unhealthy. Some of the controlling behavior you mentioned is that because someone cares about me, when does it cross a line? And so that's really just opening up a space for them to talk about some of the things that they're experiencing and then talk about where you might have some concern when it kind of seems to be crossing a line um, in terms of controlling or otherwise unsafe behavior. I wonder if kids, we always say, oh, every generation seems to grow up quicker than the other generation, and they're almost taking on uh, relationships that are heavier than they know what to do with. And and what I mean by that is if if you have a fight and then suddenly there's the one, one of the partners, and this probably happens in both cases. I know we're probably focused more on young girls being the victims, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some controlling behavior uh, that is the result of boys being the victims as well. But, but I'm, I'm wondering when it comes to uh, the, the breakup or the, the uh, you know, I'm sorry I did that and we'll get back together. And uh, I'm not saying, well, I could say make up sex because who knows when young kids are actually sexually active, but see there's that weird psychological um, imbalance then that they think this is okay. He really didn't mean to yell at me or push me and everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's where for all of us as adults, we really have a role early and often to be talking about what healthy relationships look like um, and what behaviors aren't part of those relationships. And so that can happen at home as we've talked about in the school, it can happen in other settings, um, even places like pediatrics offices can have resources for teens on what healthy relationships are just out so that teens can read about it and make up their own mind if they feel that they're not feeling safe in a relationship because of some of those actions. And that's what you want to take from this research or hope that the uh, broader community takes from this, that we have to start looking at the, those young relationships almost with adult eyes so that we can recognize any signs that uh, we should be bringing to the attention of one or the other couple. Right. So we just really want to keep an open mind. We want to make safe spaces for teens to talk to us and show that we're interested um, and make it so that our teens feel like they can come talk to us. We do want to hear about it and we do take it seriously. Uh, Dan Era, thanks so much for starting the conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having me. You bet, Dan Era. She is an assistant professor of faculty of social work at the University of Calgary. I want to take a break here and I'm going to open up the phone lines and the text. And, and I was almost reluctant to think that we have to talk about violence in teen dating but I think that is the reality and as she said that could be what uh, formulates your adult relationships as well and just what the you know the surrounding environment is as far as as I mentioned what if your parents are in an abusive relationship does that carry over then to how you view the healthy relationship 403-974-8255 and I would be curious if you are a parent who has ever raised some concerns with either your son or daughter about who they are involved with, and if that went well, if it didn't go so well, how do you bring up the conversation, as I said earlier, without having them flee or say, oh, mom, dad, you don't know what you're talking about, and then they end up getting into that relationship even more deeper than you would like them to be. 403-974-8255, talking about how the violence, that cycle, can begin in the early adolescent dating years. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.